You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it to so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the verse to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man. But you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's beating rain. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to AV Underground, the show where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator, the struggles, and everything that goes with that. I'm Josh Needham. I'm MJ Watson. Hello and there. We're joined today by uh, our favorite guest on this series, on every series, uh, artist Joe Blay. Joe, welcome to the show. You make me blush, Sarah. I thank you. Uh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting over there, drawn on paper with a pencil like the cavemen once did. Yep. Uh, yep, mechanical yep. pencils were the the caveman's tools of choice. Absolutely, ticonderogas and uh, the wheel; those were the two inventions, <laughs> of the first it. inventions of man. Um, yeah, it's weird so, how the pencil came first. Yeah, <laughs> and then people realized you could also make the same effect with like chalk and rocks. <laughs> yeah, chisels, especially since paper didn't exist for like another three million years. Yeah, <laughs> weird. It was a rough time. I um, made this thing, and I don't know what to do with it. But I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah, uh, uh, what's your what's your name? On I just this? use Josh. Josh, because um, what I'm doing when you messaged me, I was in the groove, and you know how it is when you're I'm in the groove. You're here, if you were in the groove, and I messaged you when you're well, I just I was just starting okay. like getting the posing down, so you got me at a good time. Oh, that's good. Um, and you know, once you're in the groove, you gotta you gotta go with it. You gotta ride it. You gotta ride it's- it. Because you don't know when the next one's going to come. You don't paddle out, see a wave, and go, yeah, I'm just going to go back to shore. Absolutely. Unless there's sharks. Um, <laughs> but uh, just, you know, it's 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 that whole balance thing. That's the topic of today. You just got to find time and make sure that you're... I'm going to be drawing while recording, so I might be a little distracted uh, to the audience there. Um, you know, you just got to make sure that... I'm I'm basically just going to say the title of what we're talking yeah, about. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's you find a good balance between your passions and everything else. Absolutely. So yeah, that'll actually segue. Segue. I'm, it's going to be one of those days. You started this with your I podcast, know. and I, I hate you for it. <laughs> I've had a what bad podcast sport. is that? Oh, the uh, Never Made Varsity podcast. Oh, yeah, that we recorded your, just your very this. own sports podcast recorded by your very own MJ Watson. Yeah, uh, and you couldn't say "rush the passer" rushing for the life of the you. passer. And <laughs> now I'm going to have that. So if I'm Russell fair, the Stovers. <laughs> Fair warning to everyone listening. If we if I screw up words, I'm not going to spend five minutes trying to correct them. I'm just going to assume you know what I'm talking about. And blame it on, on MJ. And I'm blaming <laughs> and I'm blaming you for all my problems from here on out. The rest of the season, it's all on you. Oh, and to also go on finding a good balance of work life and passion life. Uh, passion project life, I guess. Um, I haven't slept in two days. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, but hey, you know, I I came to the realization you got to kick your ass now. So you're not getting your ass kicked when you're 40. Right. (laughs) It's one of those, uh, a friend of mine once said that you spend your twenties trying to build the life you want, spend the thirties, uh, or no, you spend your twenties learning how to build a life. You spend your thirties building that life and you spend your forties and onward living the life you've built for yourself. And I thought it was a very interesting because we were at the time he was talking about like, why he feels people should have children after they're 40 and not like 
oh, I turned 21, better go pop out some children. And it's just that whole thing. But I think it ties well into uh, working on your passions and whatnot. So this week we're discussing the balance between your work life, your job that pays the bills, and your passions, your dreams, your creative life, and all that fun stuff. And if, if those are the same thing... Why the hell are you listening to us? <laughs> if that, yeah, if those are the same thing, congratulations. Yeah, tell us how you come on our show. Like, <laughs> Let us know how you did it. Yeah. Like, looking back now, like of all the like topics we've discussed and like all the episodes we've done, I'm surprised we haven't done this sooner because I feel like it's one of those things. Like, me I feel and- like we've dabbled on it here and there, but also right. when we started this podcast, uh, the only real thing I had going was This Week in Gaming, the podcast that, that we've is, been doing. That is true, yeah. Since we've started this podcast, I've had to juggle that along with AV Underground, and then I started streaming on Twitch three to four days a week. And so it's been, you know, I've had a lot more on my plate this last year yeah. to try and figure that out. And especially where my my actual work job now, uh, I'm not dropping any company names. I'm not going to like yeah. give you guys an in-depth on anything. But Blunderson Incorporated. <laughs> Basically, I, uh, I edit videos at my job. Uh, it's nothing exciting. It's not like I'm, you know, working on the next Hollywood film. But I, I basically edit videos and write code for our website. And that's most of my day uh, doing production things that need to be done, making word documents like the video editing part of it fits a lot more into what I went to school for. But again, I didn't go to college to get a job. I wanted to make better content for the Internet. So I went to college. That's that's how the whole thing started. So I really have no obligations to try and find a job in that field as far as like something outside of what I want to be doing. Um. So with it being a little bit more aligned, I feel like I'm a little more invested in that job, my my pay the bills job than I would have been when I was like working Dunkin Donuts. Yeah. I so I feel like I mean not to like speak for you, but I feel like it has to do with the fact that like at Dunkins like you can only enjoy so much of working at Dunkins whereas at least this job it's like I assume you enjoy video editing. It's and, a lot more yeah. relaxing right. where I'm at. And I enjoy being able to work with the same software that I use at home. So that's really... <laughs> Which is nice. It's useful. I've been able to take a lot of what I'm doing at work and apply that to things I'm doing uh, outside of work. Yeah. My passion projects. And I've been able to learn things that I couldn't learn at Dunks. Now, when I was at Dunks, though, I learned a lot about improv because <laughs> we would just mess around. I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast like a hundred times. We used to just mess around with people coming through Drive. And you got to be able to think on your feet, come up with stuff really fast and... Follow through sometimes when uh, <laughs> when customers look like they're starting to get pissed off. So, but uh, you know, recently for me, uh, I've been running an intern, working an internship, and it's a paid internship. It was I started in January. It was supposed to run three months. Uh, I guess they like me enough, and I did good enough that they've ex- kept extending that. So I'm you know nine months in, I'm still there. The only intern that has survived. I like beat the Hunger Games or something. I guess <laughs> again. Uh, Paid intern. Again, paid intern. <laughs> uh, I'm not doing this for nothing. It's an, it's a nice gig. It's out in the city. Things are great out there. It's a nice fancy office building. Like things are pretty cush. Uh, and recently a position had opened up doing things other than what I was working on. So it's like customer service type stuff. I'm not a customer service guy. I'm going to put that on the record. I am. I, I am. Like I'm it's in not, my blood. I have no idea how. I like working with people, but it's one thing if it's like... I'm a people person, but not a customer service person. Yeah. Because if you want to hang out, cool. If you're going to complain, I don't fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like helping people too much, and I would just like hemorrhage the company money. Just like, <laughs> oh, no, you you weren't able to do what you were going to do. I guess I'll just like give you free stuff 
<laughs> and I mean, not that I had the authority or would have the authority, but, you know, that came up and it's like, oh, boy, a full time thing with like all the things that come with a full time job. All those key buzzwords that I was telling Joe, like all the buzzwords that people look for on the American checklist. <laughs> and it's like, oh, do you have a full time career with benefits, with paid vacation? Do you have all these things that make it so that, yeah, I may not like what I do, but if I don't change anything, then I can continue living the way I'm living. And I'm like, that kind of stability is not what I'm looking for. Right. I'm, I'm more looking like to continue advancing as a person. And if that means hopping job to job to job to pick up different skills and learn new things, that's fine by me. Uh, so I felt a little weird this week because I decided to turn that position down. And there's a small part of me that is like an 85-year-old steel mill worker that tells me everything I do on the internet is garbage. Why are you trying to follow your dreams? Why don't you just go ahead and get all these buzzwords and like suck it up, buttercup, do what you need to do yeah. to pay the rent? <laughs> You're going to quit your JPEGs and what have you. Get a real job. Yeah, exactly. Get a real job doing real things. Hate your life. Drink a lot. Hey, Just like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave it this way, man. The way you do your job, um, you can at least present it to people. You can have a portfolio with yeah. that in it. Uh, me? <laughs> Not so much. Are we talking like my passion job or like my, my day job? Uh, both, actually. So I was going to say, because that could really apply to both. Cause yeah. Your day, your, yeah, your day job, not so glamorous. And, you know, you, your artwork for the internet is not entirely family friendly. Mm, goodness, no. So it's, mm, it's a little. Goodness, no. Oh, no. Mm, that's um, some good hentai. Because there is that part of me that, you know, if you tell a normal sane person that I passed up a full-time gig at a really nice company that I've been enjoying working with for, you know, almost a year now, they're like, what are you, freaking crazy? Yeah, you're going to you're gonna risk having your internship end by the end of this year, not having a job, being unemployed, having to find something else. Maybe you end up working back in the shitty town you live in. Like, and to me, I'm like, it's my full-time career is podcasting and streaming. Mm -hmm. It is media creation. So there's so much that goes into it that's off the air. And I was we were talked about that a little bit last week is all yeah. the things that you don't see happening. Because like I stream right now about six to eight hours a week over the course of three to four days. So like six to eight hours total because it's two hours per night, which is what I can fit in when I finally get home from work yeah. and before I need to go to bed. Oh, yeah, that's always fun. Oh, that time crunch oh, between yeah. at home and... When I really need to go to bed, yep, I'm usually clocking in two thirty, three a.m. That's usually when I settle down. I'm satisfied with what I've done, and I'm ready for bed. Yeah, and the thing for me is like I've had to shift my streaming schedule back because I was like getting home from work around eight, and then I wanted to start streaming at nine, and that gave me like forty five minutes roughly to you know shower and have dinner, cook dinner potentially if it's not yeah. already made, um, and then stream and then we get done streaming at 11 and it's like okay well now i don't i can't really start anything new i need to go to bed soon so we shifted it back to start at 10 run 10 to midnight so i have a little more relaxed time when i get right. home but then the prospect of taking this new job came up and it's like well now you have to be into work at a time that forces me because of the commute to leave at 7 a.m., which means I'm waking up at 6.30. And if I'm going to bed at 1.30 in the morning and waking up at 6.30 in the morning every single day, I was dead by the end of this week. That will catch up with you, yes. And, like, also thinking about the fact that because of the commute, I had done the math, and it's like, 
they tell you never do the math because you'll be really depressed by it. <laughs> yep. I did the math, and boy, was I really depressed by it. <laughs> 15 hours a week Shocker. I would spend in my car not being able to work on what I want to work on and not being able to work on things I'm getting paid to work on. So in dealing with logically in my head, traffic. in my head, my only options were either don't take that position or give up on everything I'm trying to do. And I haven't gotten to that point in my life where I'm giving up on what I want to try and do. It's not happening. There's that whole saying of like people die three times. The final stage is like when everyone's forgotten who you were. Right. The yeah, first and Coco. Second. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally seen it now because you brought that up on our last depression episode. Yeah. And now I finally seen it and it was fun. Oh, wasn't that ending so sad, but so beautiful. It was. Oh, and I cried a lot. If, if you guys haven't seen Coco, please. <laughs> please go watch go Coco. See, oh, and um if it's still on YouTube when this comes out, go see Peepoodoo. Peepoodoo. For the love of God. I have I've, no idea how it has spent forty eight hours on YouTube without being taken down. Mm. Go watch it while you can. Because the only people watching it are the people that want to watch it. Yeah. No one's reported it Not, yet. Oh, they've been flagged like three times uh, already, they, but they're still up. Yeah. They got oh, one boy. more strike on them before they're taken down. Oh, no. I better yeah. go watch all of it. Oh, yeah. I could send you a link where the cartoons are just yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, and the second time you... Yeah, the second time someone dies is like when they actually stop breathing, their heart beats the final right, beat. Right. The first time that people die is usually way, way before they ever hit the grave, before they ever get ill. And it's when you've given up on your dreams and your passions and just settled. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not at that point yet. I'm not ready to die. That's like when all the, the posters of fun things come down and you're like, nope, I have to do my real world stuff now. <laughs> oh, no. And it's... It's sad. I'm like, Little I want to hang on to this forever, but there's also... On the hillside. Little <laughs> boxes made ticky tacky. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you want to try and find a balance too because everyone's like, oh, he's going to keep chasing his dreams. You're going to be 45 years old living in your mom's basement still trying to make a living doing stuff on the internet. Joke's on you, tough guy. My mom doesn't have a basement. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> My mom does, but I won't live there. <laughs> And so for me, it's like as long as I can manage to support myself but also work on these things, I'm not giving them up. Right. And the hope is, you know, that someday we find a way to tap that into some sort of an income revenue so that I can start cutting back on the one job that pays the bills, make this the new job that pays the bills so I can make things better and better and better and do more of it. So but it's it's hard when you live in a world trying to explain it to people because they're like, oh, you just want to work for yourself. You know, they see things like Twitch or YouTube and they're like, oh, so you just want to like sit around and play video games all day and people are going to throw money at you. It's not that simple. They either don't have people don't just show right. up on your stream and be like, I have a lot of money and I don't need it all. Here you go. Like you have to be entertaining. You have to be involved with people. People marketable have a connection. You have to be marketable. Right. You've got to be able to put together a merch store so people can actually like you make a lot of your money selling merchandise. Mm -hmm. So it's like I've, I've made more on merchandise than I have on Twitch subscriptions and bits. Uh, which is surprisingly close because I've got like the bit wars going on still in the yeah. chat, but it's, it's like crazy when you like, talk about it with other people. They either have no sympathy, too much sympathy, or they just don't understand. Like you just a said. lot of it is they just don't understand, and that's the hard thing is you're not going to be able to a lot of these people. You can't explain it to them right. in a way that they can understand. The closest I've been able to come with people is like, okay, think of it this way. You would probably have a lot of respect, like if I got a job editing Game of Thrones, right? Because everyone knows Game of Thrones. Even if you've never seen it, you know Game of Thrones. And they're like, oh, you're an editor for that? And it's like, okay, so if I'm an editor for a TV show, 
I just edit. That's all I do. Someone else is doing like the directing, the producing, casting, costuming, lighting, makeup, gaffing, sound. Yeah, but that would all be worth dick if it wasn't for the editor. Right. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm just the guy that like takes all the clips, puts them together, color corrects them, puts them in an order, decides how they're getting cut, all that kind of stuff, and produces the final production. Like, one once job it goes into your hands when you, you very well could make a different show all oh all absolutely <laughs> absolutely i've seen stuff that's been cut differently and uh oh youtube it poops? becomes a whole different thing <laughs> so but then you're like okay so people think that for whatever reason youtube is an easy thing to do or twitch is an easy thing to do I'm like, all right we'll take not if youtube has anything to say about it yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh it's perfect and it's like okay but when you're in the world of youtube remember that how you were just an editor now you have to be the editor the producer the caster the sound guy the color guy the lighting guy you better be also your own marketing department you have to be on all your social medias you have to be making sure that you're like presenting yourself well you're marketable you are building your own merch stores if that's the case you're reaching out and trying to make your own brand deals you're trying to make sure you know the ins and outs of the system so that youtube doesn't demonetize you then you get demonetized anyway now you have to learn how to battle that and it's like it's a whole mess. It's like, okay, so you're going to like shit on me and say that I'm just trying to sit around and get paid to do nothing, but I have to also be an entire production team. And it's kind of the same with like a lot of these big name YouTubers, Rhett and Link that do Good Mythical Morning, uh, Matt Pat who does Game Theory. Like these guys have a full production team that works on these shows. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And because no one Good Mythical Morning has this. like a crew of like 23 people. Yeah. <laughs> and they Most of them gay. Content. Not a bad thing. Just no. pointing out. They're known for hiring gay people, which is cool. It, it is because a yeah. lot of these like blue collar establishments are still afraid that they'll catch it. Yeah. <laughs> so like they're living back in like the early 90s. Yeah. Catching a case of the homeless. Yeah. It's weird. But yeah. So like getting getting back around to it. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And I'm thinking to myself, if I'm spending 15 hours a week commuting, that's 15 hours a week. I could be doing anything else. And I could be doing. Not production work, recording works, putting if I put 15 hours more per week into everything that I'm doing, doing, I could make a much better product product at the end. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, better products are the types of things like when people see that you're putting the effort into it and that you're not lazy. That's when people start making that twist of like, no, I really want to spend money on this. And I'm thinking about that the other day because I I backed a Kickstarter for GamerCat, one of my favorite comics. I was a Patreon for that comic for quite a while and then I, I couldn't afford it anymore. Because like my job, I went yeah. from full time to part time doing the college thing, and I just couldn't afford it. Jeez, how much were you throwing them? Like five a month. Oh, okay. It wasn't much, but it's it was enough that I needed to cut all extra yeah, man. expenses. I I can think of a dozen times off the top of my head where I just needed five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. And uh, so I was able to back that project, and I'm like, you know, I I backed the project and threw my money at um the the creator. Because she's shown over years that she's consistent with this comic. Like, even though she takes breaks here and there, and sometimes there's weeks without uploads. But the comic's been running strong. It's really well put together. The quality is there. The story is there. The writing is there. And it's really well put together. So, like, I see that and I'm like, okay, well, this person obviously deserves my money. This isn't just something that, like, they didn't just show up one day and go, I'm going to do things on the internet and I'm going to get paid for it. That's why I don't have a patron. Patreon. <laughs> I don't have a patron on my Patreon because I don't have a Patreon. <laughs> I've got a couple, but oh, uh, oh. yeah, it's a uh, it's a good world. It's a strange place. It's amazing. So, so what people throw money at? 
But where do you, what I really want to ask is like, where do you guys find the balance between if, uh, like if, if your work were to just be like, Hey, want to pick up some overtime? I know plenty of people when I was working the factory life that are like, I'm going to pick up all the overtime I can more money, more money. And I'm like, no, my time is too valuable. Yeah. So please understand when I say I don't want to work more than I'm working. I usually have a, um, to preface this, uh, every job I had kicked my ass completely. Except for this one. I am probably putting in about 20% of my effort into that place. Uh, and the other 80 goes into my work. So that's actually a question I have for you. If you could put a number to what you do for your passions and your job, follow-up question what do you think would be a healthy like balance number wise just throw numbers out there so i wish that i could say like any job that i've had that i go there and i i give it my all i don't no no one, no, one some, no no one gives it their all anymore unless you're working a career that you're like the only time i give something my all is when i'm working on my my own stuff exactly like putting together twitch streams building the merch store working on social media doing podcasting that kind of stuff i'm always trying to find a way to push it forward um Thankfully, like my my actual day job is relaxing enough and subconscious enough with what I'm doing that I can give it all of the effort that it needs to be a good product and still have reserved brain space for work. Like if I have an idea, I write it down on my notebook. Yeah, I, I was um, going to say, you know how people are like, oh, man, working out is easy. You just got to it's got to fit it into your routine. Yep. Same with being creative. It's Always keep a notebook on. Never stop working on your passions, I guess. Even if it's like kind of on the back burner because you're doing other things at the moment, make sure you have the tools necessary to like help progress whatever you're working on. Yeah. No matter where you are. You had even said on, uh, I think it was AV Underground season one, episode two, our first interview with you, that the biggest lie you'll ever tell yourself is I'll remember that later, which is why I keep a notebook with me because I need to write things down oh, yeah. or I forget. Um, so it's important to keep that on you while you're at your day job, keep something in your pocket or something. I actually have like five notebooks <laughs> strategically placed around where I am in my life. So I'm never far from a notebook. <laughs> Good. Yep. I, I'm the same way. I have, I have one, I have one at home in my desk, like where I like do all my like, you know, work. And then I have three at my day job because we hit, there's, I work in a warehouse. So there's like multiple different floors and places and I work in basically three different areas. So I have three little notebooks <laughs> in each area yeah. where I write shit down. The key, I think, for me is finding – this is going to be a case-by-case -case basis – is finding how much brain power and of your effort does it really take for the job you're at uh, from you in order to do your job adequately. I don't want to say, you know, shirk off on your responsibilities at work because your creative projects are better because that's right. a good way to get yourself a really bad reputation in the working world as someone who is incredibly lazy. But also – Oh, man, great tip if that ever happens. Yeah. Don't put that job on the resume. Yeah, it's fair. That's what I did. Um, <laughs> and if you're working at the type of job where it's murder on you and you find yourself that you have no free time to think, you have no time to do anything else, think like ask yourself, this is what I did when I was at the factory. Ask yourself, okay, how much do I really need this job? Can I replace it with something else easily enough that I can still get by and survive? Right. Sometimes you found your way into a situation where you're like, I've got, you know, two kids and a family to support. And I cannot make any less than I'm making. Otherwise, I'm in a really bad situation and we're going to end up homeless. And in that case, you know, you're going to have to find new ways to work around it. In my case, I was fortunate enough. I don't have kids. Yeah, I uh, got no strings to hold me down. Right. So I'm like, <laughs> I can quit my 
factory job, which is taking too much of my time and my mental capacities and shift that to something like Dunkin' Donuts. Right. The biggest thing that I learned um, and to balance your day job uh, with your creative passions, don't take work home with you, period. period. Dunkin' Donuts? That, well, I learned it at Dunkin' Donuts because the thing is when people get into drama and things like that, a lot of times like, oh, somebody got in a fight with somebody else at work and you, you're getting into who's who's right, who's wrong. And you think about that continuously when you get home. I got the perfect example of that. Me too. I have I, I call everyone sir. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of people because they're trash. They're like, don't call me sir. So I do explain to them. I call you sir because that distances us. That keeps us from being <laughs> casual. Yep. I'm trying to avoid this place as much as possible. And there's people who like ask me my name and get try and get personal. And I'm like, no, no. Look, and then, I don't want to be friends. With all the drama at work, I show up, I do my job, and I leave. Because I know after I'm done with my job, I get to do what I want to do. Yep. Which is important. <laughs> when, you try, when you try to create things and it's hard to go home and do what you want to do if you're still upset about something that happened at work absolutely i've actually of, uh, i've picked up this habit where uh everyone everyone at my work's a shit talker like yep. no one does anything right and everyone has the solution but <laughs> i've they're had not those do anything about it mm -hmm. that's the job i have right so now. so <laughs> i've started a habit and everyone hates me for it every time they start complaining every time i Every, if someone starts complaining, I just go, because what you're hearing me say is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, basically. Go take a nap. See, I'm fortunate enough now that like my work environment is pretty much drama free and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about it. But when I was working at Dunks, it was a lot of drama, man. And sometimes, like, People find it, I used to find it real easy from the factory if someone was like, you did something wrong, you're a shitty employee, or whatever the case is, like I got reprimanded and written up more times than I care to count at that job for mm -hmm. trying to do things by the books. And, you know, they don't want you to do that. They want you to do what they want you to do. And, you know, sometimes you take that home with you and you feel down on yourself. And when I started working Dunkin's, it really like something clicked in my head that should have clicked a lot sooner in my life. But I went... You know, it doesn't really matter what Joe Schmuck in the drive-thru said uh, about my coffee making skills. I really don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to, as soon as I punched out, everything I did that day was wiped from my memory. Oh, yeah. And and I, it was so beneficial. I do mine more chemically, but I have the same process. <laughs> Mine's all mentally. Yeah. It's just, boop, there it goes. That's cool. I wish I could do that. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people wish they could do that. <laughs> See, with, it's a skill. With with the job, well, I'll I'll... I'll do this all so like with the previous job that I worked I worked at Abishan Hardware for a year and that is retail that is you know that that's retail working with customer service shit like that and like like what you said with the whole don't bring your job home is like what I just want to add into that is that like you guys were saying like there's a lot of like you guys have like your drama at work like people complaining and shit I never had that issue at Abishan Hardware because my thing when I go to work like Joe said like I like to show up do my job and go home right the best way the best way to, to not have problems but I also do that in the way of I try not to talk to anyone oh Absolutely. <laughs> including my coworkers. And the thing at Abishan Hardware that was hard for me and why I, I disliked that job so much was not just the retail. It was just all my co coworkers talking to me about like stuff that's going on with the store or like my manager talking to me about stuff that's going on with the store, like putting their pressures on you without even realizing it. And then like you say, you go home. 
I started, I worked at, I started my podcast and like what I do now while I was working at Option Hardware. And I, let me tell you, I always told myself, like, I just want to go to work and I'll think about what I want to think about my podcast. But instead I, like you said earlier with how much percent, like how much percentages you want to put into like mm-hmm. how much you, like how much everyone in for me, at, the problem with Abishans was it was, I was putting 90% of my thought process into work <laughs> and 10% of my thought process into what I actually wanted to think about. Because like you said, I could, I was leaving there and all I was thinking about was when was my next shift at Abishan Hardware. And oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a rut you need to avoid. If you ever find yourself sitting around your house waiting to go back to work, you need to change something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I quit Abishan Hardware. Well, I didn't necessarily quit. I got let go, but they knew I was going to quit. So they, <laughs> they let me go. They took the opportunity. But, and, and that's what really taught me. It was like, obviously not having a job was very stressful for a while, but I started putting more thought and time into my podcast and what I was doing here and it showed, and that showed me like what I really want to do. And then now it gets me to my new job where I am now there's drama and shit, but it's a much easier job. But like you said, I've just learned the skill of when I clock in and I clock out, you leave it there, just leave it all there because it's yep. just, it's impossible. It's impossible to think straight, think clearly about anything when you're so wrapped up in your day job. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy because like I used to have the days I'd come home from the factory and I want to work on something that I want to work on. But you come home and you think, drained. I need to unwind first because I'm drained emotionally from everything that happened. <laughs> and then it's 1 a.m. Yep. <laughs> you, you're like, I'm just going to unwind for a little while or the whole day. Yep. And the same thing happens. Like you come home from work on Friday and you're like, well, I'm just going to unwind for a little while. And then all of a sudden it's Monday morning and you're like, well, back to it. So it doesn't give you any time. So a lot of it is just making sure whatever your jo- day job is, if you're working on a passion, um, I don't want to like use the phrase "don't give a shit about your job," but it does help don't, you. Don't you give as much of a shit. You don't need to bring home with you. Yeah. Don't bring work home with you. Period. I, end of end of that discussion. And like this is obviously like another thing that's like impossible to really figure out because like obviously there's very few jobs out there that people are like, yes, I love my job and I love going to work every day. But my whole thing, like like I said with the Abishan thing. I was hating my life at Abishan Hardware and after I left and like this new job I'm at, trust me, I don't get excited about going to work, but I actually go to work and I don't feel miserable. And I try and tell people all the time, like if you're, if you have a passion, like what you do on the side that you want to work on, but you're working a job that's just draining you like that emotionally, physically, I can't tell people just quit their job, obviously, because there's a lot of other, there's a lot of nuance to things. But if I, if I tell people all the time, like try and find even if it's the most monotonous, easy thing to do, try and find something easy, simple that you'll generally like to do a little bit and that'll make your job a whole lot easier or your life a whole lot. Cause like at Abishan, I didn't give a shit about hardware. I don't care. So like, so like what the hell's a ball peen. Right. Exactly. Like, well, why I know the ball peen's round. Like I can only bullshit for so much. And like, that's why I hate, but like at this job where I work, I work in a warehouse. I'm not going to give the name, but you wouldn't find it anyway. It's in the middle of nowhere, but it's a warehouse. And literally all I do is I find something, I put it in a box, I pack it in the box and I ship it. And you know what? That sounds boring and monotonous, but when me and you show up and me and you just know you can do that every day, it's the best. So See, and another thing for me that I found to keep that balance going is never to be comfortable. Mm. Uh, I pride myself on making myself uncomfortable. Well, what do you mean? Do you mean like uncomfortable at your work or uncomfortable with what you're doing on the side? Because I tend to argue that being comfortable at your day job isn't necessarily a bad thing. Comfortable at your day job, but I guess putting yourself in situations Don't like- Don't be settled uh, with your day For a great job. example, January, when I got hired on for this paid internship, it's out in the city. 
Uh, I was working Monday through Thursday because I didn't have a lot of hours. And I just had initially figured, oh, the same safe thing to do would be just work at Dunkin' Donuts on Fridays so that if I get through these three months and I can't find another job or they don't decide to keep me, I have a fallback. I have a safety net. Well, one week into having the new job, I went, you know what? Fuck Fuck it. it. (laughs) I quit Dunkin' Donuts that day. And, you know, and at the time... There's that part of the 85-year-old steelworker in my head that was like, that was stupid. You just got rid of your only safety net. But there was a part of me that's like, if I have a safety net, I will not work as hard to achieve my goals because it, right. it doesn't matter. That if I if you accept something, like if I were to accept the, the full-time job, sure, like the extra money would have been nice. I could have helped to fund more things. But when I was working in factory life, I had plenty of money. Like I was able to just buy a bunch of equipment and games and all sorts of other fancy stuff that I didn't have the time or desire to use. So it just... Are we getting into fight club logic now? Uh, it was basically, <laughs> it was a lot like that, um, which, you know, helped me out after I finally left that job and I had the time to utilize things. But at the time, man, it was just like, so, and, and part of me was like, man, if I accept this full-time job, that's, that's pretty much it for me. I'm just signing myself over and this yeah. is my life now. Pretty much. And I've been thinking about mm-hmm. that. With, that's why I haven't been looking for another full-time job. I got a tip. What's that tip? Uh, just do what I did. Um, downgrade. Yeah. Just find an easier job. Yep. You know, even, like when I came, okay. When I got the job, I just worked through like three months of barely making rent, let alone food and bills with my drawing. Zuh. <laughs> and um, I got the job and he was like, I don't know if I can offer you many hours. I'm like, I'm not looking for many hours. <laughs> Give me 15. I'm happy with 15 hours. Because that's enough for food, bills, and rent. Any fun money comes from my passions. So it's like a reward. Right. Um, And then you have the opportunity to have more time to work on it because you're not working an absurd amount of hours. You really don't need to be working. Absolutely. And uh, I haven't been following that plan strictly, but... (laughs) I I mean, mean, I guess you're closer than I am. Yeah. Um, actually this this doesn't really have to do with the topic, but I don't know if I'd be able to bring this up on another podcast. Um, since we're getting close to the, the season finale and a hiatus. Um, I was at a party group of friends I've known since my formative years, like high school, all that. And we're all starting to show our age. We're just sitting around a fire, chilling, talking. And, oh, actually there was another question I wanted to ask before I continue this story. When people ask you what you do, what do you answer with? I, I podcast and live stream. Perfect. I'm a content creator. Okay. <laughs> that's that's it. And I've thought long and hard about that because I realized when I was working the factory life, when I got together with friends, which most of them work the same factory, all we talk about is work. When I get together for family gatherings, everyone wants to know how work is going. Right. And I'm like, why? I know there's other things, things in my life yeah. to talk about. Um, and all right. Then, but but yeah. I'll give you the example of how it went down. I'll, I'll also answer how I answer how I work. Just imagine we're sitting around a fire, um, zonked out of our gourds and, uh, ask, ask me what I do. Joe, what do you, what do you do? Oh, I, um, I draw titties online and people pay me for it. And everyone was like, really? That's awesome. And I'm like, oh good. I'm not a martyr. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were all going to think I was a pervert, (laughs) but even like a friend who I've known for years, over a decade now, she came to me and she confided in me that seeing some of my art 
made her realize things that she didn't know about herself. <laughs> and I was like, looks like I'm doing my job right. Yep. And uh, yeah, you know, it's moments like that. Like you could, you could say you're a factory worker. You could say you're a fucking CEO. But if you tell people that you are gung-ho, gung-ho? Yeah, I think it's gung-ho. Either way. Just trying to live your dream. People will respect that way more. Yeah. Because it's not someone else's dime uh, for yeah. your time. Either work on building your own dreams or give up and help someone else on theirs. Exactly. It's basically it. Yeah. Boss makes a dollar, I make a dime. That's why I shit on company time. <laughs> you, ever, you know, when I read that originally, I, I heard it as uh, the Falco cover of 99 Problems. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Boss makes a dollar and I make a dime. That's why I shit on the company time. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, we kind of diverged a bit. <laughs> well, actually, it was kind of interesting because, like, what you guys were talking about with, like, we started this whole conversation with, like, the full-time job thing. And, like, I think it's just, like, the thing I've realized the most is that full-time, like you were saying, like, with getting the full-time job, you're kind of, like, that's that's you yeah. saying, like, this is it. This yeah, is me what's signaling. the first two words? Full-time. Yeah. <laughs> right. And like, and, like, that's the thing is, like, I kind of, in a way, feel like people with their full-time jobs – like obviously there's people out there who have full-time jobs and they still work on their shit on the side. It's one of those things like how does it become full-time but not your full life? How does a full-time job not become your full life? Because I feel that's what a lot of people have. Is like some people, they don't have the choice. You know what I mean? Like they need the full-time There are job. certain things that I've been thinking about lately. And that's uh, honestly, funnily enough, it ties into that comedy bit of I'm the machine. I am the machine. <laughs> and how he was talking about like, you know, I've had that conversation with myself in my head that if this opportunity ever presents itself to cheat on my wife, I'm not going to do that. So that's ingrained in stone in my head. But the there was never I never put anything in my head of like, what if I'm presented with the opportunity to rob a train in Russia? <laughs> uh, I haven't had that conversation. So apparently <laughs> I'm a robber now. <laughs> so it's like. There are certain things in my head that I realized I don't have set. Like, what is my limitation on accepting a job to pay the bills yeah. before I go, no, this is overstepping boundaries yeah. and now you're affecting my personal creative life. <laughs> Working 65 hours a week. Yeah, maybe maybe this is it. And, oh, yeah, that, that, you could, and the worst is when you start part-time, but then you just dig yourself deeper. Into full you get a little more hours yeah, and a little more hours. A little hours. more hours and they're like, you want a promotion? Like, that's more money uh, in response. That's more money and power. Uh, sure. And then, you know, it's 10 years down yeah. the road and you're... Uh, you haven't you're, gotten you're any the, farther with things. It's 30 years down the road and you're the pissed off manager of the GFA. Ah, a random example. <laughs> I, I, when I first started Abishan Hardware, I worked there for eight months. And my first month, I told them I only want to work 20 hours a week and I was starting at 10. My fourth month, I was working 45 hours a week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, I like, had and they'll do it slowly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I had that talk with uh, my boss uh, when I was working down at Dunks. I was like, look... I need no less than 20 hours a week to survive. <laughs> Do not put me over 30. <laughs> and there were some weeks where it's like, oh, I have close to 40 hours. And I was like, look, someone else is going to take one of my days. You have to be like very firm yeah. in your your standpoint on that. Oh, yeah. Because everyone just assumes you always want more hours, more money, more this, more that. And it's like, yes, I would love to have more money. Don't get me wrong. I would love to live the cush life. But if that's if i can't live that life doing what i love doing then i'll i'll live being broke i'll be i'd rather much rather be broke and happy right right yeah i'd much rather be barely scraping by and like please on a bike rather than cry in a mercedes exactly <laughs> so you know i'm trying to allow, like now set in my head like okay how much time am i willing to dedicate to paying the bills 
before it starts impacting my creative. Well, see, life. that's what you do. It's not the time. It's like part of it is the time. Time multiplied by money. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how much money do I need? And then transfer that into the minimum hours you need. Yep. Just so you can depending on what you can you're have working. Some goddamn free time. I mean, sometimes you don't always have that option if you are working a job that's like this is part time, twenty something hours a week, and you have to work these twenty something hours. You have a set right. shift. Then yeah, you don't have a lot of leeway. If you're working something that's like per diem, where you get your schedule every week, I mean, ugh, figure out what you need to survive and go with that. There's a whole thing when we were when Watson and I were in school, and we went to uh, learning how to live your life with Jim O'Connell. And <laughs> there were supposed to be video classes, but we got more life lessons than anything. Yeah, and he was talking about the culture in Canada. And how you should go and visit Canada sometime because we're lucky enough where we're at. We're you live enough. 30 minutes from Montreal. <laughs> right? He's, well, like three hours. Yeah, but, yeah. but he would be like, you can get and there in half an hour. I'm like, I think that's a little. He was talking about how Dude, half here... hour for poutine and hand jobs from strippers. Yeah, yes. right? Sign me up, Jack. <laughs> I mean, we are a half hour out from Fitchburg, but. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have poutine. <laughs> that's true. So. Or one but he was talking about how there's this philosophy, like we got rid of a lot of the blue laws in Massachusetts and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, blue laws are like nobody works on Sundays because people lose their freaking minds if you're working seven days a week. I got word that corporate where I'm working thinking Christmas. And I'm oh, like, oh, they're going to be, that. they're going to be, di- all right. First of all, I didn't know we were owned by Ebenezer Scrooge. Second of all, <laughs> they're going to be really disappointed when literally no one shows up. <laughs> Not even the employees. Yeah. So like. It's it's crazy. Um, but he was talking about how like the philosophy up in certain parts of Canada is more like I'm going to work the bare minimum that I can work to get by and afford a cup of coffee. And then in my meantime, like in my free time, I'm just going to enjoy life and not work all of it. And there's so much it's a toxic environment when you're in one of those working environments like I was in at the factory where it's like everyone just wants more hours, more overtime, more money. And it used to kill me when I was working uh, Duncan's, which was inside the gas station. And Annabelle was working the gas station. They had an overnight employee, you know who you are, who would always show up about a half hour, 45 minutes late to cover night shift. And his excuse was always like, oh, well, you should be happy because now you have an extra 45 minutes that they're paying you for. Now, you know what, though? That's 45 minutes of her life and my life that we are never getting back. Yeah. You cannot possibly. My time is worth a lot more than minimum wage. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, Absolutely. Um, oh yeah, there's one thing like I'm in customer service. Yep. Um, not happy about it, but I'm in customer service. Um, Is anyone ever? No, the customers. Because <laughs> um, they just get to ridicule you. Um, and when they come in with like a complicated, like there are times where I spend an hour on a return, just because we had to like delete everything, return everything, scan everything back in, and then add a coupon that another employee forgot. And when you're working a four-hour shift, <laughs> one hour of doing one thing is a real waste of time. Yep. Um, and I was like, all right, here's your $5 off. Hope that was worth an hour of your life. You're not getting back. <laughs> I actually, one of the, I'm not going to name any names, but one of the guys that I work with, he's just always so chill on the phone. Yeah. And I, I, I aspire to that. This man is amazing. Um, and one day he's like walking around the office on a phone call with someone and I guess trying to close a deal or something. And then like the only words I caught were, 
All right. Well, I mean, that's 15 minutes of our lives we're never going to get back. So I hope you're happy with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Well, yeah. If you're not going to seal the deal, you might as well do the, the Hail Mary. <laughs> right. So it's like, oh, man, that's so accurate, though, because time is the most valuable of our commodities. The only thing we can't buy back. Yeah, that's accurate. So far. So, yeah, yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Um, Once 3D printed organs happen. The other, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing that I've been thinking about, aside from where do I draw the line, is also like, do you guys have a a set um, time frame or goal list uh, for yourselves of like, okay, if I go this long and I haven't seen any improvement, then I should obviously give up because I'm not getting anywhere. You know, like uh, if people are going to start on YouTube and they're making a vlog, like I'm going to try this for a year and if it doesn't work out, then uh, I guess YouTube's not for me. Uh, the past 24 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this previous year, I'm really proud with the, the, the steps that I took and my, my art skill and all that um, because I took the time. And that's the thing. You're going to be like, you're at the beginning, you're, you're going to think I could just be at work because this isn't doing anything. I'm just, I'm just sitting here with my thumb up my ass, but got practice. You got to get better. You have to, you got to get yourself out there. It's the, not going to happen if you don't have the time for it. That's the whole thing with the difference between like a growth mindset and a fixed mm -hmm. mindset. Cause people with a fixed mindset assume that, Oh, Joe, you do artwork. You're very talented at your artwork. You were obviously born this way and didn't practice whatsoever. Oh, my like, favorite thing. I have a response for people. I think I've already said it in an earlier podcast, but they're like, Oh, I could draw stick figures. And I'm like, you draw that stick figure for 20 fucking years. And you tell me how good that stick figure came out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, it's, it's really just putting in the dedicated yeah, practice. There's, but there there's are no such thing that, as talent. Yeah, only skill. You learn it. Yeah, only skill. Talent's stupid. Talent is what people with no talent calls people who actually work towards shit. Yep. <laughs> T talent is what you think people have when you didn't see the hours of practice that went into it. Yeah. You had a question. Yeah, and it was... Um, where um, do you do you do you set oh, like a limit for right. yourself of if I get here and I'm not at this point, I'm quitting? Um... I was going to say, uh, I've been meaning to bring this up. Um, what you guys do and what I do have very different processes. Uh, absolutely. Like, you have to set the levels, get it recorded, make sure it's recorded, edit it correctly, put everything together into a nice little box with a bow on it, ship it out to the internet. I sit down at my desk and go... Yeah, that sounds hot, and I'll fucking draw it. <laughs> and four hours later, I'm posting it online. And if I don't like how the drawing's going, I hit a button, and a new piece of paper shows up. <laughs> I can just draw it. Yeah. It's very much like I can't really practice podcasting aside from doing it. Yeah. That's something I've always thought about. Before I got into podcasting, I was like, is there a way to practice this? There's absolutely <laughs> ways to practice it. There are. Uh, you can volunteer for public events. You can MC it. Work on work on your your voicing skills. Um, you can always take classes for for voice talent, um, especially improv. Improv with a podcast is fucking a number Necessary. one. I've honestly thought about going back to the mount for improv and stage like theater. Uh, Let me know how that goes. I might be I've, interested. I've thought about in it. It's not something I plan on doing yeah, right I now. Know, but, but, you know, if, if it becomes more than just a pipe dream, let me know. I might join you in on that. Oh, I'd be down. Yeah. Uh, what I want to see is if I can find, like, a like a, a small course that's like, oh, pay, like, 100 bucks and you're in this course for three weeks, like, yeah. these certain days. And I have you're gonna one come more down class improv, I got to take improv. at the Mount. I have literally one more. One yep. more class I have to take. And then I was thinking I was thinking about doing the same thing. If just being like, well, I'm not just going to go for one class. Because, so like... like 
what started me on this journey into YouTube, into recording things, into voiceovers and all that was... Um, Sorry, I had to see. I which, thought you were pointing. I, no, I had to see. <laughs> since I'm drawing, I have to see which way the thumb goes. Oh, okay. So that, <laughs> I thought you were pointing so, to the World of Warcraft standee no, we have in here. I was I'm like, just, jo, jo, that's what inspired you, Josh? Look yeah, at right? my hand. <laughs> so, no, what it inspired me actually was I was... I'm trying to further myself and do like a self-improvement thing when I was working at the factory. So like Wait, before you go on, it takes me three months of, uh, but the, your previous, oh, right. I just got reminded of that. And I was like, <laughs> wait, I never answered. It takes, it's my mind's always been, my whole life has been three months. Everything that I do, if, if I don't see some sort of improvement or if I don't feel an improvement in myself after three months, I usually drop it or I take a step, I take another step back and do it again. See, for me, I think it's anywhere from six months to a year, depending on what I'm doing, that I have to stop and take a look at it. If I don't see improvement, then I that that's not the sign that I need to quit. Right. That's the sign I need to sit down and go, here's the toughest decision you're ever going to make. Try harder or, or walk, walk away. away. Well, and that was that was always your MO as a kid. You were always you're you're trying to get your fingers in every pie possible. That's accurate. Just trying to get things done. And honestly, I am immensely impressed that you have stuck with this for so long. You and a lot of people that knew me growing up yeah. too. Because it was very much I would hop from thing to thing almost weekly, if oh, not yeah. daily. Oh and yeah. And it was just boom, 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 boom. And then you know, I just And you went like hard in the pain when it came <laughs> Oh <up>. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was freaking intense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the 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 simple fact that you had that personality, and through all the trials and shit you've been doing with this project, that you're still sticking with it. Uh, you, through what, like three jobs? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, four, if you count my six month stint at uh, Rena Center. Let's move refrigerators. I will. <laughs> four jobs, and you still stuck with it. And I'm sure you've noticed your your skills and your your techniques growing in dividends. Yeah, because you're sticking with it. Um, let me ask: is is there ever a time where you're like, maybe I should try something else? Sometimes. Yeah. At this point, though, because of how everything has gone, and I realized that a lot of my lack of gaining traction for the Yeah Dude brand when I for the years I was in college was that. I would try to go hard in YouTube and then abruptly stop YouTube altogether to try something else. And now it's like with podcasting and streaming, the only way that I'm going to try something new is if I can work it in on top of what I'm doing, right. not yeah. quit something else. Which is good because the, the the equipment you have leaves it open to like keep things fresh. Yeah. You, like you, when you we take always... our hiatus for AV Underground, I have a couple of other pet projects I want to try while we're I want, while I, I, want, I, I want to give time. an attempt on my little pet project too okay i'm yeah, into it all right so i have a bunch of like ideas that i keep getting and i write down and i'm like i don't have the time or resources for this right now but i'll save this for later and those are things that like if i want to try something new again i'm not going to give up what i'm doing i'm not going to be like all right guys no stream for the next couple months because <laughs> i have something else to do it's very much how can i work it in in my quote-unquote free time yep Oh man, turns out my stove is only made of back burners. Yeah. <laughs> I should fix something about this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, for me it's it's very much just have I seen an improvement and am I happy doing what I'm what I'm doing? Yeah. 
And if I haven't seen an improvement, I'm not happy. That's probably a sign that I'm going to lean towards the walk away as opposed to the try harder. Here's something else I do with that situation. Usually, like, you know, this is another thing that depends on the situation. But with that kind of thing, when you get to that point, whether or not you're trying to make the decision whether to walk away or try harder, this is something I always say on this podcast with a lot of things, but going to another person. And, like, seeing, especially with me, I've, I, me and my girlfriend have been together for four years. So she's seen me for four years. Like, we grew up, we were high school sweethearts. So she's seen me in this, like, whole grow-up stage. And so it's very helpful because she's been around me all the time. When I get to that point, I go up to her and like, what do you think? Do you think I should keep going with this? Or do you think this is just ruining me as a person? Or like, do you see that I'm a worse person doing this? Or am I actually enjoying myself? And like, obviously not everyone has that kind of thing, but that's what I tell people is see what the people around you are saying about it. Because some people might say some stupid shit that you're just like, you're like, whatever, I don't want, but some people might give you that, like you, you've been acting a little different or like, this isn't working out for you because of this. And like, Oh, there, there are times where I'll go to like a family get together and they're like, Joe, you look like shit. And I'd be like, I was staring at a screen for three days and I don't think I've drank or eaten in that entire time. And they're like, Oh my God, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm working. (laughs) And like, that's another thing at my work. People don't understand that I'm not just waiting to go back to work. I am working yeah. like harder than I do there. <laughs> no, being here where I get paid, this is my break time. Yeah. No, like there there have been days where I have made more with a single drawing than I would a full day's work. Yeah. Oh, and, and I, I made that money doing something I love, which is important. Why would you spend your life not doing stuff you like to do? Right. Exactly. Life is too he's short. Like, I got a, I got a buddy. I'm not going to name names. You know, he's, he's got, he's got long English locks. Yes. Um, he works in a warehouse, a factory, and I think he's got great motivation because he is surrounded by just old fucks who have been there since the place <laughs> opened and he just looks around he's like oh i definitely don't want to be this so yep that is yeah. that is my, so his my next currently. goal is to figure out what it is he wants to do that is a grand and painful journey oh absolutely <laughs> for a lot of us um and for me a lot of it uh ties back to when i was changing what i was doing every week Back in high school, I would change religions weekly. I would change diets weekly. Mm-hmm. Dude, it was, I spent a year and a half of full vegan. I know. Yeah. You've told me about this. That full on vegan. Bullshit. I spent You're like, hey, you guys want some, some veggie chicken patties? It tastes exactly the same. And I'm like, I ain't taste like a sponge, but I am hungry. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And I was just the worst. Like I, I'm looking back at it going, I was fucking insufferable. I can only imagine what vegan Josh And is like. I spent a year studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, you kept us on about our toes, that. though. I'll give you oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it has been, I want to find what I want to do in life, and the best way to do that yeah. is to try exactly. everything. I was going to say, that, like, that, I got off lucky. I don't know. There might be something in the world I, I thrive at. But I don't know. I haven't found yeah. it. But I'm really good, and I really enjoy what I do now. Exactly. So... For I, me, I, I got off lucky at a young age, just sticking with one thing. A lot of, um, I went to my very first anime convention in 2006, Anime Boston. I was brought there by a friend and his parents. We stayed in a hotel for two nights. We went to all three days of the convention. It was the first time I had ever been to something like this. And I left there at the end of the weekend with 
a severe case of post-con depression, which anyone who's been to a convention for like gaming or anime or anything that you're into, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You leave and you've just left the world of people who understand you yeah. to go back to the harsh reality of your job. I don't know what kind of crowd we have, but I have a perfect example for that. Yeah. Uh, imagine you're you're on a night where you took acid, but then you hear birds and you know you fucked up. Because once you hear birds... <laughs> It's tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, no, real life is going to start happening now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you just get a, it's a bummer. It's an it absolute is. bummer. Going back to going back to real life. And I found because I started that was like the beginning of my I need to go to every convention ever. <laughs> um, so I started going to more conventions, more anime cons and spending weekends doing whatnot and i'd always come home feeling super depressed because i want to do something in the field of what goes on at these conventions but i don't know how i don't know what i don't know what i want to do i just want to make something and i spent years trying to figure out what that was and then finally i'm like doing my self-improvement thing trying to like get in better shape be in better health learn to cook things and i was looking through monty tech's night classes that they had to see what was in there that looked interesting not useful but interesting yeah and I found a I'll course. I'll dip my toe in that. <laughs> yeah. So I found a course called Get Paid to Talk. <laughs> and it was the art of voiceovers. And I went, this. It's like 30 bucks. It's a one night, like two to four hour course. I can show up for this. I'll take the freaking day off. I'll go to this. This will be amazing. So I signed up for it. I went. I got there. Super nerve wracking, right? Like, because yeah. I'm around all these people. Some, some of these people are industry professionals. The people teaching the course are definitely industry professionals. These guys came out from a voiceover school out in New York City. They came out here to middle of nowhere, Massachusetts, to teach people at how, a community to to college. Oh, not even. It was a technical school. <laughs> it, Monty, was at, oh, Monty it was Tech. at Monty Tech. Is yeah. that, it was at the Monkey Tech? The Monkey Tech. Monkey Tech. So, but I, I took this course, spent two hours going over like... They were using a Blue Yeti mic, which is why I bought a Blue Yeti mic uh, and invested in it. But that was my first thing that sparked me into, holy crap, this is a world that I could get into. And my initial thought was, I'm going to get into voice acting. I want to be like coached, guided, whatever it is, start doing my own like on the side projects for voice work so I can get into something and maybe start voicing over like anime dubs or audiobooks or something. And so I started working at that. It wasn't really sure where to go with it because I didn't have the money. Like it's three grand, I think, for their course to yeah, go through cool. the whole course and they'll walk you through everything. And like what I thought was really cool is they actually gave me a phone call the next couple days. days. Uh, it was like two days later after the course. They give me give you a phone call if you sign up for it. And they're like, OK, we've had our instructors review the voice work that you did during that course. And these are the things we think your voice is best fitted for. Now, for me, that was radio and audiobooks, And. They're like that. We, we feel like you have the, a good voice for long form anything. So if you wanted to get into like audiobooks and stuff like that, you know, we can always work with you and, you know, help you get to that point. And I was like, oh, no, that's really useful to know. I will definitely think about it, but I'm broke as shit right now. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I just can't. And like, no, no, we understand. But so that's where I had started. And then as things slowly went on and then um, my my buddy Mark and I decided we were going to start a YouTube channel back in 2014. And as I started making videos for that, realizing I'm terrible at editing, but I really enjoyed doing it. I really enjoyed seeing a finished product that I put together show up on the internet and other people could watch it. I started networking with people like Static Crowbar, Catharsis, uh, Jonathan Crow. And we started, like, they were also creators. So I'm meeting other people that are doing YouTube video game video creation. 
and we're all starting to collaborate. So we start like playing games together, recording things together. I'm learning like the technical side of things. And all of a sudden I was trying to get into a career as a web designer or a programmer. I was taking online courses for that. So I was like, I'm going to go down to the Mount, see if they have a course in web design or a course in programming, computer programming. Went down. They didn't have one. I went home and I, I had signed up for like just a, what is that degree when you don't know what you want? Liberal <laughs> arts. Um, I was going to say general, but all right. Arts, the worst, the worst potential degree of, I don't know what I want to do in my life mm-hmm. that you could ever go for. Um, but so I was signed up and we were like two weeks out from starting classes for liberal arts and I'm sitting at home and I'm looking at my computer and I looked at my blue Yeti mic and I went, why am I not pursuing an education in this? So I went back to the college and I sat down with my advisor and I'm like, can I do like video production? Is that a thing you guys offer? And they're like, yeah, that's a thing we offer. <laughs> the instruct, it was actually, um, Stephanie that taught one of the video courses. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking and about. And so she's like, actually, that's what I'm teaching here. So Yes. And so we switched everything over and I signed up for um, video production, went through an entire degree for that, which is probably the longest I've stuck with anything. But as I was going through that, I realized like I found something I was bad at, but loved to do. And that was like that was the turning point for me, because then I now I go to like anime conventions and they inspire me and I know what to do with it. So I can actually take notes and do things when I get home. I don't have to go to a convention, come home and feel depressed out of my mind because I have no idea what I want to do with my life. And tomorrow I have to go back to the factory. Like, so that has completely shifted and changed my life. Just, you know, from that one, go to a convention, feel really depressed. It's amazing how much um, wanting to get out of a situation will inspire you to do something different. Right. That's like the, the old saying for marketing which I find holds true for pretty much everything that you could possibly be selling. People don't buy their way into something. They buy their way out of something. Mm. Nobody buys a fancy car because they want, you know, I'm buying my way into a luxury vehicle. You're buying it because you're buying your way out of a crappy car. You're buying your way out of unreliable transportation. You're buying your way out of being uncomfortable, out of a social status, whatever it is. Uh, People go to college to buy their way out of poverty, to buy their way out of a lack of an education. Right. And it's it's true. I'm like trying to get my way out of crap factory work because I had been there for six years and I want to turn my life around. I don't want to be 45 years old going making the same products every darn night. (laughs) Like and how many tubes do these people need? <laughs> and all of them, they're butt tubes. <laughs> uh, I just, <laughs> I feel like it's a, it's a goal that it's a goal. I and it's like kind of like the theme of this whole episode, though. I just feel like it's a goal that a lot of people want to get. They want to get to that point where they really feel like they're working towards something. And like whatever that is, like and like this whole theme of this episode is like balancing work life and job life. I mean, life and work life. So. But I think that's like so true in like what you just said, where everyone's working towards something. It's just one of those things that you got to take that moment to like realize what point do I need to get to to work to start working towards something. And like for some people, it's going to college. For some people, it's starting a podcast. For some people, it's some it's, people it's, it's digging drunk. ditches. And for some people, we, yeah. we, we just gotta admit that. Uh, yeah, it's I was say <laughs> that that's another thing. That's that's a word of caution. Mm. Um, don't dig yourself a ditch. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Metaphorically. Right. Um, if, if you have an idea, it's something you want to do and you start it and you have a general interest in it, but you just can't figure out your way around it and you just crap at it for a long time. 
try something else. Yeah. I mean, even within the realm of uh, the Yadud brand, I've thrown things at the wall within, like, at first it was throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Then media creation sticks, content creation sticks. Okay, well, now that opens up a whole new realm of throw things at the wall and see what sticks. And what's, I've seen myself evolve over the last few years with it, because when I started doing everything for Yeah Dude, I was more concerned with the branding than I was with any of the actual content creation. Right. <laughs> Uh, and I know that now, like at the time it seemed like, oh, I'm focused on the right things. Uh, I know there was a certain time when I wanted to run it like a more like a business than as a project or a passion. And I'm impressed that the people that are working with me now that have been working with me since then are still working with me now because I was an intolerable, insufferable prick during that period where I'm like, no, we need to have meetings like every Monday and we need to do all this stuff. And like we need to sit down and like really hash everything out. We need to make sure we have a plan going forward. We need to learn how to make money. We need to buy an office space. And it's like all these things that are irrelevant. I just want to talk into a microphone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And... That has spun around like when I was working, I hated when I was doing a video a day for YouTube. I don't understand how most people do this. I guess if it was my full-time job, I'd be fine. But when you're trying to juggle a full-time job and do an every single day upload, it's maddening. You start hating it. You can't, I I couldn't put my full passion into it because I was starting to lose that passion in order to maintain consistency. So that whole thing had to shift. And like, you know, I've made the shift from, oh, well, maybe I want to try gaming journalism. So I st- tried doing articles for the website on every day or every other day. I started pulling more people on to try and get more article content out. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is not the path I want to go down. This is more stress than it's worth. And I'm I'm much happier working on these other things. And it's taken a long time for me to go through things, w- even within the media creation field, to finally settle on. Like we've talked about before, I started this podcast. I was trying to vlog. I've, I'm so far from that now. Oh, man, I remember but, that. But, like, deep down, I know my my passions are uh, creating pieces of media, whether that's audio or video, and entertaining people. And I find that I get to do both with streaming and podcasting. So podcasting lets me flex my creative muscles for editing and putting things together. Streaming helps me to flex the muscles of how much stress can I put on myself for a live production and make it good, but also have fun and entertain people. I think I think that's a well. I don't know if we have more thoughts. I think that's a great little note to end on. But on the I got, I got one little tip. Uh, on a, well, okay. on, a, on a side yeah. tangent, um, I'm very sorry for the vlogging thing because when you first got into vlogging and you were really <laughs> trying to convince me to do it, I like I told you I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally do it. But on their inside, I really wanted to be like, Josh, I think this is a bad idea. <laughs> but I was just like, from know, here on out, <laughs> just just say no. I, I think was yeah, just yeah, like, you know idea. what? Let's just let's let him figure it out on his own. And I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll Maybe get right into it. I'll get right don't. into it. <laughs> Sometimes tell me anyway, because at least then when I figure it out, I can come back at you and be like, you know what, Watson? You were right. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, if the episode's coming to a close. It's not the best piece of advice, but it definitely helped me out. And I'm looking at the studio here. I'm imagining the studio you're setting up, and I'm thinking of my office at my house. If, if you got something that you really want to get good at, spend a lot of money on it. <laughs> Like, I got $1,300 worth of technology just to draw at my house. I remember <laughs> I have a $300 audio mixer at my exactly. house that I haven't touched yet. So <laughs> if, you, if you ever just, like, feel unmotivated, just look at it. Just look at it. Think about what you could have done with the think money. Think about the investments you've made right? is really the thing. And then, like, my tablet has basically paid for itself at this point. 
with how much it's given you both in in internet revenue and visibility as well as the skills you've developed yeah. from it absolutely it has absolutely uh, I, I remember I, when you we were talking and you had told me all right i made the leap i dropped money on this tablet and then i got fired and then you got fired like the, the same day. day yeah same day and and you were like oh no i've made a mistake and in my head like I mean, I'm seeing it from a perspective of I'm not worried about paying your rent. Mm. You are. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was. from my perspective, I'm like, no, Joe, this is probably the best way things could have gone because that <laughs> tablet's going to do more for you in your life than having that money and throwing it at rent for a month would have done. Yep. So uh, throwing it at rent for three months. See, and I would. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my advice would be to separate a space for yourself to work on the things you want to work on. That's what we've done here. That's what you've done at your place. Mm -hmm. You have essentially like a large walk in closet that has become your office space. It it's is, surrounded I with love. It. You get to sit in there and be surrounded by stuff that you love. If, if we could get some photos for that, just for like motivation. Oh, I can pop people. them up on the Instagram. Yeah. yeah. So when you're hearing this, check uh, check the Yeah Dude Gamers Instagram. We're at Yeah Dude Gamers, and or you can find links to it on our website, YahDudeGamers.com, and uh, I'll I'll pop those up there. So you've got your little space. Once this studio has the the love seat we're getting in here today, I'll take some pictures of this space as well. But my advice is make yourself a space because when you have a space to work, it's like that mentality thing of like if you set your gym clothes out the night before, you wake up, you put them on after you're done with like your morning shower or whatever it is, you're like, well, I'm, I'm already dressed the part. I may as well go to the gym. <laughs> and it makes it a lot harder for you to not do those things. Right. You know, um, one of the things that I found working in an office building and with people, people walk around in the office building in suits, full on three piece suits. And Mad they look men, great. Call them. <laughs> um, I, for a long while, or uh, at least like a six month stint when I was working at the factory, I started dressing in button downs, ties, sweater vests, like, Dressed to the nines. You can pull a nice sweater vest off. Um, I'll, I'll give you that compliment, Josh. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so I was like, I was dressing up. And the thing I noticed about dressing up is you feel better. You feel like you are, you have a lot more power. And that's not always necessarily a suit coat, right? Like you kind of have like your own setup. Your own oh, yeah. Setup, and that's what makes you comfortable. But it's like, it's if you have your own space and you're like, this is my space for like my computer setup. This is my space for streaming. This is my studio space for recording podcasts. And so that's what I want to be working on when I'm in here. It makes it very easy for me to be like, oh, had a new idea for a podcast. Let's just go ahead and record it. <laughs> oh, somebody I know wants to start a podcast. Watson, you're coming over Saturday. <laughs> We're starting your podcast. Okay. Because there's no excuse. Like everything's set up. I don't right. have to go through any effort to make this happen. I just have to come in, sit down, record, and the effort happens in post. Yeah. And I think that's like, like it's kind of going, it's, it's, it's on the same thing. Like with me and my like never made varsity podcast, like with me, I'm in, I'm in a weird period right now of like, I'm, I'm about to do a reboot. I'm about to take a hiatus and like reboot my podcast. And one of the biggest things for me feeling why I can't put more work into my podcast is because I don't have my own studio space at home. Like oh, I love, set I, yourself aside a small budget to put yeah. towards that. And then we are going to take an entire day. Oh, it yeah. might, it might be two separate days because obviously if there's one day where we're like, all right, well we're going to take that budget. We need to order these three things. Right. And obviously they're going to take time to ship. Amazon's not in. Right. Yet. Right. Right. Uh, they don't have a portal service yet. Yet. But you know, so then we can be like, all right, let's order the things that we need. We're going to set up everything we can and we're going to just kind of bum rush it because I found that the best things that I have done, like my garden, my commercial that I did for the Gardner Commons complex uh, is on YouTube and it's the most viewed thing I did. I did that in 45 minutes from start of concept to completed product upload. Oh, yeah, I got. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OK. Um, I spent uh, the Gravity Falls poster. 
Yeah. Which is available online, redbubble.com slash Design. Um, I spent days on that. Posted it up. Got a few likes, a couple comments. I did an MS Paint thing where I just scribbled and then paint bucketed it. Everyone loved it. It's maddening. And I was like, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> you guys don't know quality. Yeah. That's the thing. We had our, our buddy Chris Piscopo, who runs Strivera TV, was pissed <laughs> off one day. He came to class and he goes, he spends like months, months working on a game review, mm-hmm. puts it together, and it's beautifully formatted, very well voiced. The quality is top notch. His review format is wonderful. And those go out and they get some views. People like them. Mm-hmm. And then he spends like 30 minutes putting together a minute and a half long shit post. Boom, that goes out thousands of views. Oh, yeah. And it's insane. It's maddening. It's really very much like, you know, create for you. Don't create for the internet because you'll always be disappointed with the lowbrow humor of everyone on the internet mm-hmm. and how how they don't appreciate the quality you put into things. Uh, do the Disney method. And I say that because I recently, uh, don't, <laughs> don't excommunicate me for this, but recently I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit for the first time. <laughs> Oh, hadn't seen it before. Isn't really? It, isn't uh, it great? It's an amazing movie. Fucking, so I was looking uh, up. What's what's the actor's name? Uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins is wonderful in that movie. He's in- insane considering he couldn't see any of the characters. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but what blew my mind is I was looking up trivia on it, and there's a lot of really great trivia that centers around that movie. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this, you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I highly recommend it. One of the things that caught me is that the scene when they go back into Dolor- Dolores's like back room in the bar. Yep. And they're going in there and. The lamp gets bumped and it's swinging from the ceiling, casting shadows everywhere. And the shadows, animators had to go frame by frame and replicate the shadows of the cartoon characters to follow the shadows that were happening in the real world. I mean, let's be fair. They had to go frame by frame for that entire goddamn movie. (laughs) And it wasn't, you couldn't just like digitally add them in. They did nothing digital. No. They, every single frame was printed out. Throw a cell on there. Yep. Animate it. Hand painted, hand drawn. And then visually scanned back in and put back into that frame. Mm-hmm. The work that went into this is phenomenal. Now it's a great movie too. Like, so it obviously gets a lot of, uh, a lot of good reputation from being a great movie, but I guess that piece of trivia with the lamp being bumped and shadows everywhere and whatnot, they were saying that bump the lamp is now a term that Disney animators use, which means going the extra mile to make everything perfect, even though the audience will never notice it. Oh, it's like Nintendo polish. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's one of those things that, you know, you, you get, I'm going to start using that. People like Monty Ohm, who anyone who's not familiar with Monty Ohm, please look him up. He died much too early. And Uh, Ruby guy who made Ruby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, he was also famous for uh, red versus blue. Yes. Oh, okay. And he did a series that I was familiar with him for before red versus blue. Well, that was, that was a perfect example. Oh, Monty Ohm. Oh, the guy that made Ruby that really like emotional and character driven. Yeah. Oh, he also did red versus blue. You know, that halo (laughs) meme. Oh, that guy. (laughs) Yeah. He also did a, a series called dead fantasy. Which, if you haven't seen, I highly recommend looking it up. It's on YouTube. It's a little blurry now because it's an older video from back in the old days of the internet. But he animates and choreographs fight scenes in a way that... This is like an 8 to 10 minute long fight. The entire thing is a fight. And the whole thing they are using... He brings in Final Fantasy female characters to fight dead or alive female characters. You've shown me these. And 
if you know Dead or Alive, every character has their own fighting style, whether uh-huh. it's like Kempo Karate, Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, grappling, whatever. I was a master of Dead or Alive, too. And Final Fantasy characters also have their own style. And he was able to incorporate individual styles, put together a beautiful fight scene where the same moves were never used twice. And this thing stretched for a really long time. And you can see the same touch in the red versus blue fights. It's the kind of thing you're never going to see in a Marvel movie or a DC movie. Right. That because like DC movies, let's be honest, it's just step one, punch, step two, punch. That's it. And it's the kind of time and effort that went into it that most people are probably not going to appreciate. They're just like, yeah, there's a fight and they're kicking butt. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here going, the kind of choreography that went into setting this whole thing up and then animating it is a well above and beyond anything Monty Ohm ever needed to do. <laughs> he he was, in my mind, I never knew the man, unfortunately. I wish that I had. Because in my head, he is the epitome of don't be lazy. Right. Yeah, it's like when Phil Collins made the Tarzan soundtrack. Yeah. He had yeah. no right going that hard on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the my my opinion on Tarzan is it's a good movie, but what makes it a great movie is because of Phil Collins deciding to go that hard on the soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, that's the most memorable thing about that movie. (laughs) Right. You don't remember you don't remember specific scenes, but you can remember whatever song is. You remember two worlds, one family. Yep. Yep. Everyone does. So Someone anyway, uh, like go see Who Framed Robert Raja and uh, Tarzan and and Dark Fantasy. And yeah. But yeah. You know what? Disney? Pretty good brand. <laughs> what did we learn from AB Underground today, folks? Come to find out, Disney makes quality stuff. Mm. I, and another thing I thought was interesting with Roger Rabbit, completely derailing the conversation, is that not only was it a mixture of oh, Disney characters and Warner Brothers characters, mm-hmm. but you also had a few characters from Fleischer Studios there. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh. That must, oh. Have, ru- that must have ruffled some feathers. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of ruffling feathers, they had that whole thing with uh, Disney and Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers would only give them the rights to use um daffy and mm-hmm. bugs if they had an equal amount of screen time with mickey and donald <laughs> so they're always on fr- in frame at the same time yep yeah it's, the piano duel yep and the skydiving scene yep yeah huh i never thought of that it's yeah because they're like the only way to make this even because basically disney and amblin were producing the film so they're like well uh, the only way to make this happen is just to sh- make sure they're always on frame at the same time. Otherwise, we're going to have to be counting frames and sh- it's just not going to be great. So that was the solution. I thought that was pretty interesting. That is absolutely interesting. So anyway, that's uh, that's been our episode of finding your balance between the, the work you need to do and the work you want to do. Hope it helps. I feel, yeah, I hope it's been helpful. I hope you guys ha- are able to find a space, even if it's a small space, even if it's like a corner of your living room. That you have to like, okay, this is where I'm going to sit. And when I'm sitting here, I'm working on things. Yeah, my office is a walk-in closet. Yeah, so. my studio is a spare bedroom. Yep. My studio, the second bedroom in our apartment. My studio is going to be a spare yep. bedroom. You got more space than you think you have. <laughs> Just clear out the junk, put in stuff you actually want to use. And Yeah. And like with an episode like this, I feel like, like obviously it's an episode that we can do, but I feel it's one of those things that we're going to learn more about as we go on, especially with the work life balance, like that's something like the more we work and the more we do our concentration oh, on the side, the more we'll learn going on for a few years. So like, Oh, it will like be four oh, years. Buddy. We'd be like, Hey, so remember when we were like schlubs not being successful? <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things. 
with this podcast, like obviously like it's looking way into the head of the future, but the future of this podcast is going to be wildly interesting. I have no idea what it's going to be, but like this podcast, like a year from now, five years from now, whatever it is, like it's going to be, it could be so interesting. I'm excited to see where everything I'm doing goes. Cause like looking at our Twitch streams alone, we started in 2015 doing extra life. My computer had a graphics card that could barely handle streaming. We streamed hotline Miami at 480p for an hour and a half with one microphone in the middle of a room with the gain cranked up to hear everyone. You know, fast forward a little bit to the next Extra Life. We had a futon in this room with lavalier mics hooked into that little small audio box I keep bringing up. <laughs> and the sound wasn't great. The video quality wasn't great. We all looked like schmucks lavalier. sitting on the, the futon and we had a crap overlay. <laughs> and we were streaming every night for two hours that way. And then we got rid of the futon. We had a table in here. We were doing that for a little while. We had the table set up with the ta- desktop mic stands. And I took a lesson from the Game Grumps where they have their couch set up. And I think it was Aaron was like, yeah, Danny doesn't like having to keep moving the microphones and having things in front of him. So I just ran the boom pole behind him and then wrapped the microphone around. So he only has to sit down and talk and it will pick him up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, going the extra mile to make sure that you're comfortable while you're also doing things. That's why right. we're putting the love seat in here with a couple of microphones on either side as a setup so that it can be a more comfortable space for people. It can have more of a talk show sort of feel to it. And I'm excited for that. Uh, we've, we've come a long way and we, I keep seeing improvement, which is why when people are like, Oh, well, how long have you been doing this whole thing for? And I'm like, well, altogether, like four years now, you should do what I do sometimes when I find an old drawing and redraw it, uh, find an old podcast of yours and like retouch it, listen to it. And then listen to one of your more recent ones. I do that frequently, actually. <laughs> I go back and I'll listen to the uh, like the third episode of This Week in Gaming. Mm-hmm. And then I listen to my current one. And I can do that with the halfway point, too, because I, I know there are very specific points during my podcasting career when I have learned something about how audio editing or uh, post-processing and mastering audio works that I can make things better. There was a long while where I didn't put any sort of like background noise removal into it. Mm. And I was editing individual pieces to try and like, okay, well, this is how Sarah was really loud at this point. I'll bring that audio down and I'll cut this section. And it was a lot of work. And now I've learned enough about the plugins and things to set my levels proper in the first place. And I can now I put everything into a macro. I just click that and it applies these effects across the board, which brings the highs down a little bit, the lows up to match. And it removes all my background tones and it's really solid for a while. I had things that were, they weren't quite uh, at the levels I wanted them. And I had like a background hiss or like a screech that I, we had talked about that yeah, on the other for a while. That. And a lot of people were like, Oh, I don't hear it. Your podcast sounds great. And I'm like, yeah, but when I'm listening it to, to it in my car and I turn it up loud enough to hear it over my windows being open, I can hear it. Yeah. A slightly trained. I hate it. Can hear it. Yeah. And then oh, I figured I out what that was. People are like, Oh man, this looks really great. I'm like, yeah, except for that one line right there that's mocking me yeah, forever. <laughs> I guess to a plebeian. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, right. to someone who doesn't give a shit, I guess it's pretty good. But yeah, so that's my uh, my rant on that. We'll I say. Just probably this... talk a little bit more. I think next week we should talk about um, how far we feel like we've come since starting the AV Underground podcast. But do you want to save do you want to save that for our review episode? Oh wait, no wait, we're, rec- we're recording. Yeah, not not specifically with AVU, but uh with everything in general, I guess, right. with content creation. Gotcha. I have a, granted my history before AVU is a lot longer, I think, yes. with media and, creation. Yeah, like, and that's like the difference with like with, but with me though, it's like 
I'm going now that I'm going through that interesting point of like wanting to reboot my own podcast and like kind of not. I, I keep saying start over, but it's not starting over. It's doing it's doing it a bit different. We're, we're shaking it up and we're starting something. I'm a in an different. interesting Jimmy point. rigging it. I'm in an interesting point now where I can recap like what I've done these last like I, I it's been more than three months. I, I I don't know how many months I'm up to now, but like I'm almost six months. I'd say like of six months of con, like the first year of content creation. I think that'd be interesting to look back on. I'll do, I'll look into myself a little bit this next week and be like the first like what it's like the first year getting into content creation some of the things i've learned so yeah we can do that i'm into it so thank you guys so much for listening this episode's run a lot longer than a lot of our other episodes but i think it was full of a lot of really good uh really good advice stories and a lot of things that i'm i'm hoping you guys can take away and get something out of plus we did a couple we did a couple shorter episodes in normal so you know, oh yeah this, this just makes We're it up helping it. to balance the balance the world We're out. balancing it out thank you guys so much for listening if you want to check out the uh, yeah dude gamers merch store i'll have a link in the description we have shirts and stuff if you want to help uh, promote wydg gaming radio the network that pretty much does all of our podcasting that's basically just me under a different name <laughs> uh with all my editing and everything that i do for the three different podcasts if you like this podcast check out our other two this week in gaming where we talk about the latest in gaming news what we've been playing and our opinions on things and we also get to listen to the everyone's favorite segment sarah yells about shit when she gets really upset usually with harry potter hogwarts mystery <laughs> uh or the podcast annabelle and i started health and mana both of those you can find on every pretty much every podcasting service uh including spotify which yeah <laughs> oh no this week in gaming you can't find on spotify which, that's the one yeah. <laughs> i was saying uh i was gonna say which this one's not on yet but i forgot this is av underground yes we are on spotify uh this week in gaming isn't i thought you were of, implying that like spotify like uh, spotify is like kind of difficult to get they are really hard to get so into. i thought that's what you were saying you're like yeah never mind <laughs> yeah they're hard no they're hard to get into but av underground and health and man are both on that uh health and man is a podcast where annabelle and i just talk about our lives as a couple being both being gamers and like we review multiplayer games, we talk about different topics like getting ready for Halloween and going to conventions and how all that stuff goes. And it's a very casual thing. It's not as uh, dressed up as the rest of our podcasts, but, you know, that's mostly there as our excuse to sit down and talk for an hour every week. If Pretty you want to hear some uh, something a little different, some sports stuff, uh, you can go check out Never Made Varsity, no capitals, no spaces on SoundCloud right now. If you want to come listen to, you know, something a little different, something a little different from the content side. A couple wanna... months from now, you'll be able to find him on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, I will find a way to make that happen. <laughs> it's been said on this podcast, so whether I like it or not, it is now happening. So yeah, in a few months, you will catch me on Twitch. <laughs> I'm going to say by end of October, we'll have you up and running. What, what month are we in right now? September? September. So that's next month, right? Yeah. And right. end of next month, we're going to have you up and running on okay, twitch that's what i'm telling you right it. now let's fucking do it i need to start saving my paychecks let's do it <laughs> you and won't need as much as you think you'll i know need. i know i don't i just like saying that and joe where can the people find you and your uh, art i was gonna say um for the 18 plus crowd yes um, definitely <laughs> yeah you can find me on tumblr uh dread pirate jables i actually found that out recently it's not just under the usual name i do yeah uh you can find me on twitter uh under Blade design um, and that's all you really need. Occasionally, we can find you in the Discord server for Yeah Dude Gamers, which you'll also find a link to down in the description. Uh, we have an 18 plus corner in there, which is uh, not safe for work. Yeah. And since uh, Joe is the biggest provider I know of not safe for work content amongst our group, uh, yeah, maybe we can coax him into being there more often. Too true, too true. <laughs> and hey, keep an ear out. Um, we we've been discussing, you know, some projects, some ideas. Uh. I'm not saying, you know, hold your breath, but, you know, 
keep an eye out. We might we may have some some new new content for you. I've got some pretty good ideas that I want to yeah. work on, and I know a lot of the ideas that you've been talking to me about. So I'm excited for the the future of everything we're working. It's gonna on. be an interesting yeah. fall. Oh, it will. It's gonna be the most interesting fall I've had yet. <laughs> so. Thank you guys again so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week on our new episode of AV Underground. Until then, keep creating. See you. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. To find out more about our guests this week, check the links in the description. Our intro music is 9 to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting Culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yeahdudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.